Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. If you're there, say, I'm there. And this is what it says. I'm reading out of the NIV version. It says, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered. How many do not want to be overlooked when you're getting food? Come on, somebody. All the guys said amen. Come on, all the guys said amen. amen. I'll hold you here for three hours, and then you're going to be hungry. So. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be, and here's our key verse, full of the spirit and wisdom. Full of the spirit and wisdom. Moving on. It says, We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give them our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Verse 5. It says, This proposal pleased the whole group. And they chose Stephen, a man, what does it say? Full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Go to uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. I'm reading out of the anointed PD iPad. I feel the Holy Ghost on this thing. Proverbs 4, 23, it says this. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. I want to preach about God bless you, sir. Uh, I want to preach a message tonight called Full of It. Can you just, can everybody just repeat that after me? Say, Full of It. Just turn to your neighbor and say, Hey, neighbor, you're full of it. <laughs> turn to your other one and just say, Hey, neighbor, you're full of it too. That's good. That's good. My mom used to say that whenever I was caught lying. She's like, Young man, you're full of it. And I want to preach from that thought tonight. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for bringing everybody here. I ask, Lord, that you would meet us in this room. Uh, help us tonight to see Jesus, to hear the Holy Spirit, and to encounter God. I ask God that you would convict us, challenge us, get us better. We want to be better. We want to be faithful. We want to see, be seen as, as people who do your work, God. We put your agenda first tonight. I ask, Lord, that we would have open hearts to help us to see what you want us to see, hear what you want us to hear, and do what you want us to do, God. I, I, I pray and believe that we're not just going to be hearers of the word. We're going to be doers of the word. And we're not consumers. We're contributors, God. I thank you for all these people in this room, and would you meet us tonight. And everybody in here said... Amen, amen. Hey, anybody ever done something stupid before? <laughs> Everybody's like, my neighbor, yeah, no, just kidding. Uh, I have a myriad of stories that I could share with you, but I'm not comfortable sharing my mistakes. I'm going to you, share my dad's mistakes. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm not going to do that. He would never give me the mic again. But uh, I remember this one time, my dad was telling me this story. Uh, he was in high school back in the day, and, and I know that was a long time ago, but I'm just kidding. Uh, I remember he was telling me the story. We were driving in downtown Framingham, and he was telling me that back in the day, he used to go to this train track, and he used to open up these train track doors in this, in this train cart, and he would steal dynamite, and out of the dynamite, he would go to the local pond and blow up frogs. Okay, so this is our pastor. This is our fearless leader. What is it? Yeah, whatever. M80 is dynamite. I call it the same thing. So C4, whatever it may be, but... Uh, he kept stealing this dynamite, and I'm thinking to myself, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. My sister's like, wow, you are so reckless. And I'm thinking to myself, that is a man of God right there. That's what I'm thinking. And so what did I do? I called my buddy. I said, hey, dude, I know what we're going to do tonight. Come to my house in 30 minutes. He gets to my house. We're going off to the train tracks. It's starting to get dark. We start walking on these train tracks. Now, I know this is probably a legal story, so please don't share this to any cops. Pam Curtis, if you didn't hear, this did not happen. This is just a joke of a story, but... Uh, we were walking on these train tracks, and I see these train carts, and I start to 
open, try and open these things up. And this one's locked. I go to the next one. This one's locked. I go to the next one. And then I remember in movies that there's always a, there's always a door on the top of the train car. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, obviously I'm just going to jump up to the top of this train car, walk up to the top, start opening up this latch. It's locked. Jump off to the next car. It's locked. Jump off to the next car. That's locked. And as we're starting to do this, we start to get a little bit of adrenaline because we probably know this might be illegal activity. This was back in the day, so don't judge me, people. You did some negative things too, okay? So I'm jumping from cart to cart, and all of a sudden we hear this, this bang off in the distance. I'm thinking to myself, what was that? We stopped because our adrenaline was like so pumped up, and I'm like looking. I'm trying to find where this sound came from. We stop. Can't find it again. We start walking on. I go to the next train cart. All of a sudden I hear this bang, and it's a lot closer to us. And I'm thinking, it sounds like a rock hit this train car. I'm thinking to myself, what is going on here? We stop, wait 10 seconds, and then all of a sudden this big loud roar from this man comes up. He says, hey, get out of here. And he's, this homeless man is throwing rocks at us on the top of this train car because we're disrupting his home. I'm thinking to myself, I'm about to die from a homeless man while I'm trying to rob dynamite and blow up frogs. This is a dumb situation. So I jump off this train cart. Me and my buddy start running for our lives, and we see this homeless man literally running behind us. And I'm thinking to myself, I might die by the dumbest circumstance I've ever heard in my entire life. How many know that's a dumb thing to do? Yeah, that's a pretty dumb thing to do. I get that. But <laughs> let me tell you this. When Dad told me this story, I was just full of curiosity. I, I had to explode a frog. Like, this was something in, in the manhood of my DNA. I had, to, I had to find dynamite. I had to experience this adrenal high, and I had to explode this frog. I had to do it. I was full of curiosity. This is why I tell this story. As I give you this principle, and I want you to write this down because this is a big idea for the whole night, is whatever you're full of is what you're led by. Whatever you're full of is what you're led by. I was full of curiosity, therefore I was led by curiosity. Let me tell you, if you're full of fear, well, you'll be led by fear. If you're full of hope, will you be led by hope? What today are you full of? Proverbs says, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life, is what one version says. So what's in you is going to come out of you. What's in your heart? I love what it says in the Acts scripture we just read. It's Stephen, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you today, what are you full of? What are you full of? Ask your neighbor today, and, just, and, let, and you respond to him. What are you full of today? What are you full of? Ask that. What are you full of? What are you full of? Because what, what you are full of, I heard somebody say anger. I think it was a husband and a wife too. Whatever you're full of is what you're led by. And I just want to give you, this is really a specific message for our church. And, uh, and for some of you guys in here, I'm so glad that, that uh, you guys came because I, I'm telling you, this is going to be really good for you. So I'm asking you to lean in really because this is a specific message for us. Because what, as a church, we need to be full of are, are really what I wrote, five different things we need to be full of. Number one, write this down, is our church, we need to be full of faith. We need to be a church full of faith. You agree with that? Yes. We need to be a church full of faith. I, uh, I have a few scriptures I want to read you real fast. <clears throat> Jeremiah 32, 17, one of my favorite scriptures. It's a really easy one to read, and it's a really easy one to preach, but it's a really hard one to believe. This is what it says. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Now, that's awesome scripture, but it's a really tough one to believe. And I'm just being real with you. I'm being raw with you. Is, is this is an awesome scripture. Is, is God, you made the heavens and the earth. You can, you can control anything. You've created anything. You can do anything. 
And so we got to believe that. we got to be a church that believes, hey, nothing is too hard for our God. Come on, somebody. Nothing is too hard for Listen, I'm not necessarily a teacher. I'm more of a preacher, so you guys need to shout me down, okay? Like, nothing is too hard for our God. And if we believe that as a church, could you imagine where we could be? Man, people of faith, I believe this. I said this in a message one time at the 508. Is, is faith people are God's favorite people. Faith people are God's favorite. You want to be, be on God's radar, you get, you get a person of faith. You got to be a person of faith. Elevate your faith. I came to challenge some of you guys today, even, even pops. You need to elevate your faith. This church is not where it's supposed to be. We're going to be going farther faster. Some of you parents in here, you need to elevate your faith. Your kids may be gone for a while, and that was my story, but you need to elevate your faith. Mom, you need to elevate your faith, Dad. Some of you businessmen in here, you need to elevate your faith because God wants to use your story. Nothing is too hard for our God. Do you believe that today? Nothing is too hard for our God, and we need to start believing that in our spirit. I mean that. Mark chapter 16, I love this verse. Mark chapter 16, verse 17, it says this. Signs will follow those, or signs will accompany those that believe. And it goes on and lists these specific signs. I just wrote a few stories down in my personal life. This is just to encourage your faith. And this is just to, to challenge your faith to get it more uh, uh, built up. I remember uh, recently I had, I'm just, I'm just going to be raw. Is that okay with you guys? I'm just going to share some life stories. Uh, hopefully it, it helps you a lot. I remember getting a really bad injury. I'm a very competitive young man. I was doing uh, jujitsu and somebody put me in an arm bar. I thought I could get out of it. I didn't tap out. Cracked my shoulder. Really hurt really bad. Uh, and I'm a gym kind of guy, so I couldn't go to the gym. I was out of commission for like two months, three months. Couldn't do much because I was so angry. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to go to a doctor because they're going to they're they're charge me like, I don't know, six, eighteen million dollars at the doctor. So I, I went to, we were in 21 days of prayer and fasting. I went to Chuck Lowy. Ten days straight, I said, Chuck, I need a miracle. I, I believe what the Bible says is go to the elders of the church. He'll anoint you with all. You'll be healed. Like, I, I went to him ten days straight. I'm telling you. First day, second day, third day, nothing happened. Fourth day, fifth day, nothing happened. Six, seven, I started to get a little bit better. By the tenth day, I was completely healed. I'm, and, and this is a personal story. What, what has God healed you from? Some of you guys need to just start recording what God has done in your life. Why? Because sometimes you can just forget. And when I read these kind of things, man, it just builds my faith. I remember when I was in the 508 and in the first service we ever had, we were, we were praying. I was saying, God, please give us 70 people. We want to have 70 people this night. I was just praying. I was like desperate. I never heard that in New England ever before. He brought 85 that night. I just, I remember God was just doing something crazy. We, we filled this auditorium with young people a couple times for our United events. God has just exceeded expectations. And I just believe this, Ephesians 3.20, I believe this first. God can do abundantly above anything you can ask, think, or imagine. I can ask, think, and imagine some crazy stuff. God says, I can do above that. I can go above that. And you got to start believing that in your heart. you got to start believing that in your spirit. we got to be people full of faith. Anybody agree with that? you got to be people full of faith. I remember Joe Ross. Joe, where are you at? Stand up, buddy. Stand up. I want you to stand up. This is Joe. I want you guys to get a good picture of him. Joe Ross told me, I'm sorry to embarrass you. I don't really care at the same time. Joe Ross, he told me from birth, he, he has a blind eye. His, is it right, right eye? Right has a blind eye. We're still believing that he's going to get healed from that. But let me tell you this. He, he showed me about a month ago. He comes up to me and he says, Deb, check this paper out. And I was reading all this stuff. And I, for me, like, if it doesn't have pictures, I can't read it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you read a menu at the restaurant, and then I'm just like, I've been having the menu for 10 minutes. Still have no idea what I want because all I see is that Texas cheese fries, that picture right there. Anyways, he shows me this uh, ADD. He shows me this, uh, this, this bill of health that he had. He says, check it out, dude. I was like, what is it? 
And uh, he said, I haven't had a, bill, a clean bill of health since I was born, and I have a clean bill of health now. We've been praying for him for one year. He had broken ribs. He had bad knees. He had tumor. He had cancer. And we're believing his blind eye is going to be healed again. Come on, somebody. Stop that. So thank you. We believe in faith. Come on, any faith people in the room? We have faith. We are people of faith. I don't care what the world says. I don't care if they say God is not in the miracle business. Let me tell you, he is still in the miracle business. He still does miracles today. I remember just a little funny story. My mom, uh, I was so lazy cooking food back in the day. All the time, like I could not cook food. Now I go home, Ma, I need you to make me a sandwich. She's like, you can make your own sandwich. I would say, I'm going to starve to death because I don't care. I'm too lazy. So like, that's, that's my situation. And she says, you watch, young man. You watch. <laughs> tell me if you remember this. She goes, you watch, young man. You're going to have a wife that doesn't cook, and you're going to have to cook. And I wasn't a man of God back then. I went down to my room. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that prayer. And I say, God, you will send me a woman who can cook. And what do you know? God has provided. Come on, somebody. Shorty over there can cook. Love you, girl. You're looking so good tonight. Let me just tell you, like, I remember a time, and I'm just sharing stories. I'm just being raw for a minute. As is, is, is we were praying, Natalia was going through a trans- transition for her job. Uh, she was just transitioning, and it was a big faith step. And I prayed these three things during the 21 days of prayer and fasting. I prayed, God, would you give her a job that has great pay, great benefits, and has fulfillment? And I'm telling you, to the T, God has provided. I believe this. Is you ask God for specific things, God can give you specific answers. Sometimes you just have such a general blanket prayer. You say, God, would you just help me with this? And you never know if he helped you because you didn't ask a specific request. Y'all got to start just believing in faith. God can do some miracles. Amen? Just a couple other ones. Are you guys getting anything out of this so far? Just a couple other ones. There's, there's this girl named Sarah. Yudik, uh, uh, you in the room? He's in the back? Okay, maybe he is. Uh, I don't know her last name. Anybody know her last name? That, I don't hear what she said, but she, she's awesome. She's coming to the five-way constantly, and, and she came up to the altar for prayer one night for ministry time at the end, and her and a, another friend, I can't remember her name, I believe it was Linda, but they both uh, were born with this disease called endometriosis. This, this, she, they couldn't conceive a baby. That's basically what it means. And we were laying hands on it. We were praying against it. Why? Because I just believe that, that the, the doctors don't have the last word. No, our God has the last word. And so we were just laying hands. Oh, I'm not done yet. Stop that. I'll tell you, and you can clap in a second. We were just laying hands on her. And we were saying for, for, have like five, six people around. We were just laying hands on her. We just said, uh, God, we believe in Jesus' name that you can still do miracles today. If you can raise the dead over here, you can raise the dead. You can, you can cast out diseases right here, right now. And so we're believing the blood of Jesus over her body, and she will be able to conceive a baby. Three days later, she tells me this the, next, the following week. She says, three days later, I had felt no pain. And that's not the issue. That's not, that wasn't the praise report. She said, I didn't feel any pain. So she said, I was really nervous. I was really scared because I'm thinking that's even more of a problem. I didn't feel any pain. So she went to the doctor. She called the doctor. And she goes to the doctor. The doctor says, I can't find any trace, any trace of endometriosis. The lining in her stomach, the ovaries, anything like I can't find any trace. I get the following week, that very same girl that was sitting next to her, she says, I have no trace of endometriosis anymore. I'm telling you, our God still does miracles today. And you need to elevate your faith. Come on. I just believe this is, is what it says in the Bible. The Bible says that God is the same today, or same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he did miracles then, he can do miracles right now. You believe that? I don't know. Do I have another story? Oh, yeah, I remember. 
I used to, I'm telling you, I pray specific prayer requests. I used to pray, God, I said, in Jesus' name, I believe for a young adult male worship leader. And what do you know? He sends us this man of God right over here. Dave, come on, stand up, Dave Pisania. I'm telling you, I prayed for specific prayer requests. You have no idea what, a, what an answer to prayer he was for me. I was praying for him for years. When I came back from, from Bayside Community Church, I came from a church of thousands with young people all over the place. I came back here, and there were three, okay? There were three. And I was discouraged, but I said, no, I'm not going to give in to my discouragement. I'm going to be a person of faith. I'm going to start praying prayer requests. I'm going to send prayers up, and I'm pray, praying that heaven comes down, and he's going to answer that request. You can sit down. Stop stealing my spotlight. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but God sends not just David. He sends David Melton. He sends John Consulo. What did I tell you? God is a God who sends abundantly above anything we can ask, think, or imagine. He doesn't just give one. No, he provides three. I asked the same thing for a creative media guy. I'm telling you, he sent DJ. He sent Dom Wilkins. He sent Jordan Carroll. He has sent so many things. Start asking God for some specific things, and he can respond with specific answers. Be a person of faith. We are a faith church. Anybody agree with that? We are a church full of faith. we got to be convicted about that. You need to elevate your faith. I would just encourage you to write that down in your notes if you need it. You need to, be, you need to elevate your faith. You need to elevate your faith. You receive that? I got four more. Can you handle that? Can you tell that the, pre, the pre-workout is kicking in? Number two, we need to be a church full of compassion. Come on, somebody. We need to be a church full of compassion. Psalm 145.8, King James Version. It says, the Lord is gracious and he is full of compassion. He's full of compassion. Matthew 14.14 14, <coughs> says this, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion towards them and he healed their sick. Let me ask you this question. When's the last time you were moved by compassion? When is the last time you were moved by compassion? Oh, man, I'm going to share a principle with you, and I hope you get this, because this changed my belief system, and it changed my behavior. This set me free, okay? My friend and I were, were talking at Chick-fil-A. By the way, you ever want to encounter God? Go to church, go to Chick-fil-A. Okay. <laughs> me and him were talking, just one-on-one, and, and I was saying to him, I was just, I was praying this prayer. I was like, dude, I've just been praying for boldness. I want to be bold as a lion, like the scripture said. I want to be as bold as a lion. He says, dude, you need to change your prayer request. I said, what do you mean? Stop praying for boldness? Is that what you're saying? He says, yes, stop praying for boldness and start praying for compassion. And hear me on this. He used this analogy, and I'll kind of translate it my own way. I remember being in high school, and I was a freshman, and there was a, there was a junior uh, uh, goalie for hockey. And at this time, the Ashland hockey team was the number one team in the state. And so this goalie was like a big deal. He's like big guy. I'm the scrawny little guy now. Obviously, I didn't look as good as I did back then, but... That was just a joke. Didn't really work. Okay. Um, but, uh, but he was this big guy. So we're playing dodgeball. The freshmen were facing the juniors. And my buddy got out. And so he goes to the opposite side of the dodgeball uh, court. And so he's on the back side of the juniors team. What we're trying to do is we're trying to lob dodgeballs over so he can catch it and he can get back in. But this big juniors uh, goalie, whenever he got a dodgeball, he would turn around and just be a jerk to my friend. He would just whip dodgeballs at him, right, from point blank range. And because my buddy was really scrawny and he was not really tough or anything like that, he would just take it. And I, I'm telling you, oh, it stirred something inside of me. I just said, oh, I'm not going to deal with that. As next time I got a dodgeball, I got a dodgeball. I walked right over the court. Referee said, Devin, you're out. I said, I don't care if I'm out. And so I just started walking over. I grabbed the dodgeball, whipped it ball right at this goalie's face. And I said, yeah, don't touch my boy again. I was just, oh, I was so angry. I was so, I was moved. 
And of course, I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story because this goalie went back to the back room, back locker, and he was like, yo, you need something? I was like, yeah, I need something to get out of here. But besides that, I was just, I was just moved with compassion. I was, I was, I was, there's something in me that just moved me. Why? Because I can't stand seeing somebody be bullied. And I cannot, st- I'm not a, my parents didn't raise me that way. I'm not a person to stand back. I'm not a person to just back down. No, I'm a person that will stand up and fight. Why? Because I am moved with compassion. And some of you guys need to hear this. You need to stop praying for boldness and start praying for compassion. Start praying for some compassion because boldness is a symptom of compassion. Are you hearing me on that? Boldness is a symptom of compassion. And you need, a, you need to be a person full of compassion. When is the last time you cried yourself to sleep at night knowing that there was somebody broken out there? Man, I'm getting already emotional. I can tell you so many stories. I can tell you so many stories of people, but just break my heart, man. Break my heart. I see being around young people all the time, I am exposed to depression and to broken. I'm sorry, I'm a mess right now. I am exposed to brokenness and to depression. And I see middle school students, I see high school students, I see young adults all over the place. And they want to kill themselves. They want to commit suicide constantly. I can't live with myself that way. I have to be a person. Just move with compassion. I can't stand seeing people who are isolated from the church, who run away from the church. Why? Because the church needs to go out to them. We need to be people who go out to them. We need to be people who are moved with compassion. I remember being in the gym not too long ago. I hope you're with me. I'm like a, like a girl on her period right now. <laughs> Just being honest. I'm a married man. I can say that stuff now. Sorry, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. Reco- edit that recording. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was awesome. Regardless, uh, I remember being in the gym not too long ago, and I, I'm work- I work out with this guy. His name is Angel, and he, he goes to our gym. He's a personal trainer. He's phenomenal. He's an awesome guy, but he has this dream. He has this dream to be an NFL athlete, and so he was working so hard to become an NFL athlete. And so he actually went down to a tryout down south in Florida, and I knew about it. I was like, dude, I'm so pumped for you. I'm so excited for you. He goes down there, and during one of the drills is what he's telling me. During one of the drills, he snapped his knee, broke, broke his knee. And I'm sorry for the vulgarity, but, but he comes back home, and I see him limping on this brace. And uh, he's in the gym, and, I, oh, man, it broke my heart. Why? Because I knew a dream of his was gone. The doctor said it would take 9 to 12 months to even be able to walk really again, to be able to run again. And I was so moved with compassion. I went right up to him. He was benching because he couldn't do anything on his legs. And he's still trying to work so hard. He still hasn't given up. on his. I was so moved with compassion. I went up to him. I said, dude, I, can, I, can I pray for you, Angel? He's like, he's like right here in the whole gym with people around? Like, right here, right now? I said, right now. And uh, he's, sure, man, I appreciate it. Uh, sure. So I just put my hand on his brace. I said, in the name of the blood of Jesus over this leg. It's not going to be 9 to 12 months. It's going to be uh, way quicker than that. God, I asked for a speedy recovery. I was just praying for his leg. And, and Consula was with me in the gym not too long ago. He comes up to me three months later. comes up to me three months later. He's running on a treadmill again. It was probably isn't a wise thing, but I'm just telling you, like, he, his speedy recovery. And he said, dude, you don't have any idea how much that meant to me. And that right? He said that. He said, you don't have any idea how much that meant to me. Man, I'm just telling you, some of you guys need to just have a broken heart for people. A broken heart. Because God can do something great with a broken heart. You need to be moved with compassion. When is the last time you got a phone call late at night? When is the last time you got a Facebook message saying, hey, I need help? When is the last time in your small, you've reached out to somebody? 
my dad and I were just talking in, in the office the other day. And uh, he was just challenging me big time. He says, hey, where are, the, where are these four or five people? I love that about our pastors. He's not a pastor. Uh-oh. He, doesn't, he doesn't care about huge crowds. He cares about individual people. And he was just telling me, when's the last time you reached out to these people? Oh, man, I was so convicted. But it did something to me. Why? Because I was so, I, I, we just need to be moved with compassion. A prayer request you ought to start praying is, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Be full of compassion. You receive that? Yes. Number three, write this one down. As you need to be a person, we need to be a church full of conviction. Full of conviction. Mark chapter 6. Go there with me. There's a lot of scripture I want to cover. Mark chapter 6, verses 17. Uh, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 6, 17 and following. Are you there? Oh, wait a second. You getting something out of this so far? I'm sorry for that inappropriate joke. Thank you. We need more people like her. Mark chapter 6, verse 17. I love the rawness of SNL. Anybody else love it? We're going to have a great set of ministry time later, I believe that. But Mark chapter 6, verse 17, it says this. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, John the Baptist. And he had bound, uh, bound him and put him in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. Okay, so follow me here. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So what is John doing? John is being a pastor to him. He's being a man of God to him. And he's saying, hey, listen, what you're doing is you're living in sin. And he's convicting him. He's convicting Herod and he's convicting Herodias. Now watch what Herodias' response is. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. Let me tell you this. When you hold grudges, when you hold offenses to people, it doesn't just hurt the other person. No, it kills you. Some of you guys need to release some grudges today. Some need to release some offenses today. Because I'm telling you, I've seen it, we've witnessed it, and the pastoral staff, you guys know one story I'm talking about right now. I've seen bitterness or unforgiveness destroy a person's life. Many people's lives. Some of you guys are holding bitterness or anger towards some of your old family members, some old teachers. You need to release that right now. What does the Bible say? It says, if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. You need to, you need to be released from some grudges. That's bonus material. Okay. It says, uh, so Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him, but she was not able to. Why? She didn't have the power to. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you why that's so important. That scripture is so important right there later. Because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous man and a holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. So Herod actually liked John. Herodias hated John. House divided shall not stand. House of Ida shall not stand. You, you, need to, you need to make sure you love people, all people. It doesn't matter the type of people. Especially you need to love the people who convict you. <laughs> Instead of running away, what does the Bible say in uh, 1 Timothy? I think it's 2 or 4. Pops, help me with this. But it, it says preach the word, correct, uh, rebuke, and encourage. But it says some people will go from place to place because they have itching ears. They'll listen to just a bunch of anybody's. 
Because they have itching ears. They want to they have what they want, but they don't get to what they need. Some of you guys need to be convicted. You need the voice of conviction. I'm going to get to it. I'm just trying to be a good leader right here. But it says, <coughs> uh, verse 21, Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. They were having a men's event. And when the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. She was a stripper, okay? She was. That's, you read it. The king said to the girl, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, whatever you ask, I will give to you up to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? By the way, let me just back up for a second. It says, she pleased Herod. I heard a preacher once preach this and it was so good. Herod right there in the Greek actually means hero. Herod means hero. But there, he said this, is there's a hero and there's a king in every single one of us. What pleases a hero displeases the king in you. What pleases the king displeases the hero. Which one are you feeding today? Are you feeding the hero in you? Because I'm telling you, God has put a hero in each and every single one of us. Or are you pleasing the king, which is saying, oh, I want all the power. I want all the glory. I want all the honor. And everything is about me because I'm the leader. I'm the cool cat. Which one are you feeding today? Are you feeding the king? Which one are you pleasing today, the king or the hero? Isn't that good? That was good. The king said to the girl, ask me for anything you want, I'll give it to you. And uh, he promised her with an oath, whatever you ask, I'll give up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, notice this, is she didn't make the decision, her mom did. Now I want you to get this in the story. Three people represented here. There's King Herod, then there's the girl, some people call her Salome is what they believe, commentaries say the name of the girl is Salome the stripper. And then there's uh, <coughs> Herodias, who's off in the corner. Three representations. We are King Herod. We are, that, those, we, are, we are King Herod. Then you got the Salome, who's a stripper. She represents sin. And in the darkness lurking is Herodias, the devil. What happens? The king is flirting with sin. And then what happens? Sin goes in response to the devil and says, oh, let's, let's see what we're going to do with him. Well, we got to be so careful with what we flirt with, man we got to be careful not to just delve in. Because sin, you can have it in a public setting like King, Herodias, King Herod had. Is he's just flirting with sin. And what happens is we find out in the next part of this verse. It says, at once the girl hurried into the king with the request. I want you to give me the head of John the Baptist. The king was greatly distressed. Now notice in verse 22 it says, Herod was pleased. And only four, stanzas, four sentences later, the king was distressed. What happens when you dive into sexual temptation, into sexual sin? One moment you're pleased for a second, but you're, for a lifetime, you could be greatly distressed. <sighs> greatly distressed. Here's the whole thing I want to give you about this whole thing. Is Herodias hated John. Why? Because she convicted him. And here's why I want to say this whole story is this. You need to be careful you never behead the voice of conviction. The voice of conviction in your life. You've got to be thankful to God you still have the voice of conviction. Why? Because it is so important. It was so important. Some people, I think it was you, Dad, that said this before, but said something like, when, you don't, when you're so deep into sin and you don't have the voice of conviction, you don't have that conviction in your heart, that is your greatest, uh, uh, what was the phrase? He said, that is the greatest form of deception ever is when you don't have the voice of conviction. Some of you guys just got to thank God right now that you still got that voice of conviction. 
you still got that voice. Anybody thankful you got the voice of conviction in here? I'm so thankful I got that voice of conviction. And let me tell you, it is going to get harder and harder in our society, in our culture, in our world, because conviction is something that is just thrown out the window nowadays. Thrown out the window. You look at Target uh, and, and the, the problems that that's facing right now. You look at our world and our culture. You know, last night, or two days ago it was, I saw on my Facebook and I posted about it, but on our, our social media, a trending hashtag was National Send a Nude Day. Now, for some of you older folk that need to get more relevant, you need to learn about stuff, is it's basically national send a naked picture to one another day. That's what that means. And I just posted, I was like, I can't even believe that this is accepted in our society. Why? People have lost their values. We have lost our conviction. Can I tell you, we must be a church full of conviction. I wrote this in my notes. We will not be politically correct church. We will be a biblically correct church. We will not be a church that bows down to the world. You can clap if you want to. We will not be a church that says, I will bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar and whatever he wants. No, I will say, I will stand when everybody else bows. I don't care if you throw me in the fire or whatever. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Whatever it takes, I will stand on my values. I will stand on what I believe. I will stand on what I believe. And I cannot, I will not bow down to what the popular opinion may be. Nowadays, we want to be so politically correct. I love what Dad was saying just two weeks ago. It was, it was uh, for parenthood. It said, you may not make popular decisions, but you will be respected. Yeah. Oh, man, I tell you, I just wanted to like, give an offering right after you said that. I was just like, oh, that was so good. I need the Holy Ghost in here. Yeah, still can't. I do time. Okay. Uh, let me just tell you, we have to be a church full of conviction, man. Full of conviction. We will not be a church that has itching ears. No, we're going to be a church devoted to the word of God. I heard a guy say this one time. The Bible is not like a buffet. You don't pick and choose what you like. No, all scripture is God-breathed. And this thing is, is, is phenomenal stuff. I'm telling you, we don't pick and choose what we believe. We believe the whole thing from the concordance in the front to the maps in the back and change your life. But we believe the whole Bible and the whole Bible. We believe the whole Bible. Let me show you this illustration. I remember reading in Relevant Magazine. Anybody subscribe to that magazine? I was reading in, Okay, nobody does. Okay, great. <laughs> you guys are real relevant. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, hashtag. Um, so I was reading in this magazine, and they were talking about this band called The Neighborhood. And The Neighborhood has a bunch of hit songs out right now. They're an awesome band. But they were asked to go on The Tonight Show. And The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Millions of viewers. I believe this is the number one late-night talk show uh, in all of America or maybe in the world, most viewed, millions of people watching every single episode, <clears throat> and this neighborhood was asked, this neighborhood band was asked to be a part of the show, and so uh, they said, okay, yeah, we want to be on the show, it would be awesome, but we have one request, is that the show, the segment where we are playing on, has to be in black and white, and the reason being is they have this value, they want to be black and white for everything, from their apparel, to the stage design, everything, because they believe black and white represents straightforwardness or honesty, so they have this value. And the Tonight Show responded, uh, we're not going to do that. It's going to be in color because we choose our show and how it's going to be. And the neighborhood said, okay, fine, we're not going to be on the show. And I, I don't know, I just thought about that a little bit. And I'm thinking to myself, they are passing up so much, maybe gaining tons more fans, tons more popularity. But they said, no, I'm going to stand on my conviction. I'm going to stand on my values. And I'm not going to submit to popularity. No, I'm going to stand on my values. And we must be a church that stands on our conviction. Amen. Number four, write this one down, and uh, we're going to, I'm trying to wrap this thing up. You guys still getting something? Number four is we must be a church of urgency. Urgency. 
Let me give you a couple of scriptures to chew on. <clears throat> and by the way, whenever you get uh, good preaching, uh, you should never just just listen to it and then let it go. Uh, Mondays for me are go to go to church days. Like I love listening to uh, a couple other preachers, but I always go back into my own notes, especially from Sundays, and I just review it. John Maxwell says. Uh, experience isn't the best teacher. Evaluated experience is the best teacher. You ought to go back home and just go over your notes. Let it sink into your heart. I'm telling you, you just retain some of that stuff. You retain half of what I'm just sharing tonight. I'm telling you, it'll rock your world. Bonus. Psalm 90:12. it says this, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What does the Bible associate here? It says a heart of wisdom is a person who numbers their days. When we realize tomorrow is not promised, when we realize that our days are numbered, we will live with a lot more urgency. And this is going to be something that you might, some of you guys might not like, and I didn't like hearing this either. John Dudley uh, was on this panel the other night. We were doing a brotherhood event for 508, and he just basically said, hey, to some of you young guys, and I'm, 20, I'm about to be 24 next Saturday, but he said to some of you young guys, like, you're in the second chapter of your life. you got four chapters pretty much. He said, you're pretty much going into the second chapter of your life, almost halfway point of your life. Now, live with some urgency, is what he's just telling me. And some of you guys are a little bit farther along than that. Live with some urgency, for tomorrow is not promised. Another scripture in James, it just basically says, I'll just summarize it. It just basically says, your life is like a mist or a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. I just wrote this in my notes. We must be more intentional and productive. Time is a limited commodity. Time is a limited commodity. We have to be more intentional. We have to be more intentional. Uh, I remember Natalia and I were just talking uh, at home one day, <coughs> and uh, she works as a social worker. Uh, she works for Smock, and uh, she was just telling me that her, a client of hers, is uh, o- she, they've OD'd many times. Uh, babe, how many times? Like three? <coughs> Two or three times, maybe even more than that. But I was just telling her, babe, you like, you need to share Jesus with him. And she responds to me, my work does not allow that. I said, I mean, if I think God would be okay with you sharing Jesus with him, knowing that his time is certainly limited, and he's going to kill himself if he keeps doing this kind of stuff. You have to do it. And I'm okay with that as a husband if she gets fired for sharing Jesus. And some of you guys need to hear this. This, is, this might be a King Nebuchadnezzar disease inside of our church where you're not allowed to share your faith in your workplaces. But let me just tell you, there's a way to respectfully... Uh, uh, be disobedient. Does that make sense? That probably sounds a little heretical, but let me tell you, you are on this earth to share Jesus Christ. Amen. You are not on this earth simply to get a paycheck. No, you're on this earth to be salt and light of the world. Some of you guys need to find a little bit more strategy and get some more compassion inside of you, therefore getting more bold with your faith and saying, I need to send a text message today. I need to show some love to somebody today. I need to be moved with compassion. This is my favorite point, compassion point. I need to be moved with compassion Why? Because we are not on this earth to just suck up air, take up space, abuse God's grace. We are on this earth. Anybody recognize that quote? Nobody? Okay, great. Uh, We are on this earth to share the love of God with people. That's what we're here for. And so I told Natalia, I said, babe, you need to go share Jesus with him. And if he doesn't know the Lord, you need to lead him to the Lord right then. Because tomorrow's not promised for him, especially. He might OD in any time now. She She goes and she shares her faith with him. I just was so proud of my wife. She didn't care what the, the rule book says necessarily. She said, I'm going to be praying for you. You need to get back into your Bible. And uh, it was just awesome. I'm so proud of you for doing that. But we need to live like that, knowing that maybe there's a lot of people who don't have a drug overdose issue, but they may have some other overdose issues. 
Knowing that your days are not promised tomorrow. Life is like a mist or a vapor here today, gone tomorrow. We need to live with urgency. We need to be a church full of urgency. Whatever you're full of is what you're led by. If you're full of urgency, I'm telling you, you're led by urgency. you got to be led by urgency. Worship team, come on up. I'll wrap it up because I want to pray for everybody at the end. But um, Last one is we need to be a church full of the Holy Spirit. Come on, you can say a better amen than that. We need to be a church full of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says this. Do not get drunk on wine. Hello, that's a word for God's somebody. (laughs) What about beer? Maybe. No, I'm just kidding. Don't say it. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. That's a word for somebody. Be filled with the Spirit today. Be filled with the Spirit today. Uh. Uh, Acts 1.8, I love this verse, one of my favorites, to give definition to who the Holy Spirit is, right here. <coughs> but you will receive, somebody say it, power. power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. What does that mean? You will be my witnesses locally, domestically, internationally. Wherever you go, no matter where you are, you will be my witnesses because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. This is the most important point. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit if you're going to make a genuine difference on this planet. I'm telling you, I used to be so fearful to share my faith. Oh, that stuff was so tough for me. And why? I think the devil tried to take me out from a younger age. I was in high school, a freshman. I think I've shared this story many times before, but maybe you haven't heard it. Yes, I remember, uh, I'm going off script a little bit too, but hopefully it works uh, I remember there's this huge bully. Uh, he's a freshman. I'm a freshman. This guy's 6'2". It's like 300 pounds as a freshman. Sweet Jesus, what was that guy eating? You know what I'm saying? So this guy, he, he I don't know, he had my number. <laughs> he had my number. I don't know what it was, but he just, he had issues with me. And the reason being was because of my faith. And at that time, I'll tell you, I was not a person of faith at all. I didn't really know what I believed. People just associated me as the PK, the pastor's kid. And so this guy was making fun of me, ridiculing me because I wasn't having sex with girls at the time. He pulled me up on my shirt, threw me against his locker. He said, and I can't even repeat some of the stuff he said. Uh, I, can't, I certainly can't do it from stage. But he said, could you imagine what I could do with your body? With blood? And he was just being jealous, whatever the situation was. But he was ridiculing me because I wasn't having sex with girls like he wanted to. He was full of jealousy, full of anger and hatred. And for that reason, I did not share my faith at all. People were ridiculing me from a young age when I was I, just struggling with identity, struggling with my faith issues. And the devil tried to take me out and try to silence my voice for a long time. And I'm telling you, I'm going to get louder and prouder now than ever before. And some of you guys in here, the devil has tried to silence your voice for a long time. And right now it needs to stop in Jesus' name. You need to be filled. I'm telling you, what happened with me and what, what I had the solution for was the Holy Spirit filled my life. I am a spirit-led young man. I don't care who knows about it. I will be led by it. I will ask God, God, speak to me right now. Who do I need to talk to? Help me to see what you want me to see. Speak to who you want me to speak to. I don't know what you want me to do, but I'm, I'm yours, Holy Spirit. I'm yours. Spirit, lead me. I got filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'm telling you, it changed my life. And what happened? I received power. Some of you guys don't realize how strong you are. Let me share this illustration. And worship team, I want you to play right behind me after I'm finished with this, but... I remember being at the gym one time, and me and Dad, are, I think we're doing chest day. After a set of my chest, I went off and just kind of wandered off for a little bit, picked up this medicine ball, and I saw somebody doing this exercise before where they throw this medicine ball against this, like, 45-degree angled trampoline. 
<coughs> and then they, they throw the ball off the trampoline, and then they like, twist their core, do like a little Shakira thing. I don't know what they do, but they, they throw the, the ball against the trampoline, they catch it. I grab this 15-pound ball. I throw it against the trampoline. It goes way over my head. Literally almost nails a guy doing chest. Could have killed him. And I was like, oh, my, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just didn't realize my own strength. And I want to tell some of you guys today, you do not know your own strength. And can I tell you this? Go above and beyond that. You do not know your own strength, especially when you are filled with the Holy Ghost. When you have the Holy Spirit on the inside, you have the gift of faith. I want you to stand to your feet. You have the gift of faith. Just come forward right now. I don't, I'm not even going to ask for an altar call. You just come forward if you want to. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost because you have the, the, the miraculous powers on the inside. Some of you guys have the gift of faith on the inside of you, a word of knowledge on the inside, discerning of spirits on the inside of you. Come on, come forward, come forward. I want you to come forward. You guys do not know how strong you actually are, especially when the Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. Oh, I feel something. Anybody feel something? Come on, I want you to get tighter, tighter, tighter as a family. Get tight, get tight. Just come on. This is SNL. We're going to turn it up a little bit. Mm. I want you to close your eyes. John, I just want you to sing just softly in the background. Let me minister for a little bit, but I want you to sing, okay? Holy Spirit after this song. Close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. Hear this is especially in the book of Acts. I'm, I'm studying my devotions right now. I'm just going through a few commentaries, listening to it. And, and when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, like that's a once and for all thing. It's once and for all. But hear this. Is you need to get filled by the Spirit. Some of you guys have been baptized by the Holy Spirit, but you need it filled again. It's like, it's like you, you received a car, but you need to go to the gas station every couple weeks. Why do we come to church? Man, you get filled up with the Holy Spirit again. You need to get filled up again. And I just have those five things in mind. I want you to just start asking for those things especially. A, a, a faith-filled heart. A compassionate heart. A convicted, convictions, values, and a sense of urgency. And more importantly than anything, ask for the Holy Spirit to come into your life and fill you up again. Fill you up. I want you to just raise up your hands to heaven right now if you want to receive it. If you need to receive it for the first time, you can do so right now. If you need to receive it just again, you need just an extra filling, just do so right now. Just start praying out loud. If you pray in the Spirit, I want you to just start praying in the Spirit right now. Just fill up this place. Come on, fill it up with some prayers. Do you receive that word? God, I pray in the name of Jesus that every single person walking, every single person listening, Oh, God, that you would give them deliverance. You would give them freedom in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. So many of these people poured out week in and week out. Many of them serve on our dream team. God, I pray for refreshment in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. God, for those of you that were asking for a miracle, God, I ask that you would respond to that in Jesus' name that no prayer request was thwarted by a supernatural enemy. I, in Jesus' name, agree that there's going to be miracles that occur right now. From physical bodies being restored to mentalities being renewed in Jesus' name. We ask for pure thoughts, renewed minds, purified hearts, God. Pasts no longer matter. 
God, we look to our future. We look to the people that have, that have been surrounded by us, God. We no longer look to ourselves, but we look to our God. We fix our eyes on Jesus. In Jesus' name, God, fill them up with your Holy Spirit and use them. Each and every single one of them, God, they have been equipped. They've been equipped to go out and do the work of the ministry. That each and every single member in here, that we would not be lukewarm, but God, we are on fire in Jesus' name. God, set us on fire, God. I thank you for each and every single one of my friends here, Lord. I believe you have a huge call in this church on each and every single individual, every leader in here. And I thank you for what you're doing in this house. God, we accept the responsibility you have given us, the ministry of reconciliation. And we will bring people back into your arms. We will be so full of compassion. Moved by it, God. I thank you so much for what you're doing. We love you, Lord. And come on, if somebody loves God in here, give them a big old shout. Well, I kept you, I kept you way longer than I should have. I'm sorry about that, but I believe it was also a good investment. Amen. Hey, let's change the world together. I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming. You're dismissed.